This episode is brought to you by Gabe and Jeff from Interparty Conflict, Fred on Fire, Evora Dawn, and Powerful Condor on Patreon. You can join them in supporting the show at patreon.com slash adventures in Aurelia. Hello, and welcome to Adventures in Aurelia, a podcast where five friends sit around the table and record themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Damien, and I'm the DM. I'm Krista, and I play Ariel, a divine soul sorceress. I'm Chantelle, and I play Kanina, a tiefling sorceress. I'm Chris, and I play Rim, a human paladin. I'm Caitlin. I play Tempest, a water genasi ranger. I'm SP from the Starling Tribune, a show about the CW television show Arrow, part of the Guinea Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other action-packed geeky shows at guineageeknetwork.com. Welcome to part two of the History of Adventures in Aurelia and Q&A special. This episode is going to be our more directed Q&A portion, where we are going to be taking in a couple listener questions, as well as questions that the cast came up with to ask one another. And this is about another hour and a half discussion of us going over these questions. Without further ado, let's get on with this part of the episode. Let's go ahead and let's let's start with um, a question that we got from, especially since it kind of starts at the beginning of things, from uh, Stargate Pioneer asked, what is the best way to roll dice for your character? Color-coded dice, of course. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it depends on who you're talking to. If yeah. you're talking to me, it's just what happens to be in front of you. If you're talking to Krista, it's after a series of rolls that have slowly narrowed down the dice pool until you have the perfect <laughs> die. Yeah, for me, Chantel, it is for, um, I usually have specific sets of dice that I deem as my character dice because they are color-coded and have like a more of a <laughs> an essence of that character in my mind's eye. <laughs> Or do you mean like physically roll it, like dice tower versus in hand? I was going to say, or tower. This isn't me, this is Stargate Pioneer. Tower versus no tower. Also, SP doesn't play RP games, so I feel like this is just like, oh, you roll dice. I'm going to ask a like, tongue-in-cheek question. Maybe. <laughs> How do you roll your dice, Caitlin? What is the best way to roll your dice? Usually off the table. <laughs> a dice tray is useful. I will say, like, uh, we all, a couple of us did get really into dice tray make customizing. Yeah, uh, I uh, made my own. Yeah. We found things in, like, dollar bins that worked out really well. That's what I use, which was actually, I guess, originally made for, like, keys. It's a trinket tray. Because it says, like, the adventure begins or something like that. Yep. I, I found like, it at this Target. Is perfect. <laughs> I have one that's the exact same style with the snaps and it lays flat and everything, but it was made to be a dice tray and it has a matching dice bag. And I bought it from a local artisan who does that at a vendor fair. And One of us has a dice tray that was created by a fairly local artist, and I think they're out of... Damien and Caitlin have towers that... And trays. And trays. And vaults. And vaults. <laughs> yeah, it has all of it. <laughs> that I got specifically for them. Was it wedding slash birthday gifts, I think? Yeah. They're from small company from on Etsy. Engraved with our wedding date. Another facet of this question could also be we all individually roll. Um, I know some podcasts do DM only rolls. 
or majority DM roles with just certain checks being player roles? Yeah, so I guess the dice that we usually roll consist of, you know, the D20, the D12, the D8, the D6, D4. D10. D10, yes, sorry. <laughs> Percentile die. <laughs> I don't use weapons that have that D10, okay? But yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, it's has a D30. We have, we, those are the standard dice we use. There are other dice you can get, like D100s and stuff like that. We don't generally. I have some D2s somewhere. A coin? <laughs> no, it's a it's book. It's a spell book. I got them from a dead man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the best way to get your dice. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Someone's Does husband that mean died. if you lose them, you're going to be cursed? No, I, don't, I don't know where <laughs> they I, are. I do don't believe say actually that. everybody here, I can't say for sure, but almost everybody here still has the first set of dice ever given to them, specifically because of the superstition that you can't get rid of it. That means that I would have to know where my dice are. <laughs> but you still have them. You have They're not knowingly lost. gotten rid of them. <laughs> somewhere in the house. The problem with that is that um, one of my first sets of dice came in one of those D&D starting... No, uh, it has to be the first set given to you. Yes is what I'm saying is that that was a set given to me by my dad as a D&D starting packet. Ooh. I don't know so, if that counts. Oh, does, if it doesn't count, then that's good. Because that's like somebody <laughs> buying you the, the starter's guide or whatever, or yeah. the starting box. Yeah, they're in there, but they weren't bought specifically like these are for this person. Yeah, they just like included. when I bought you dice because of the certain color. Yeah, well, I was going to say like if, if, if it's those, um, I have three of the exact same colors you of that have dice. Them, you still <laughs> so I couldn't tell you which ones they are from that original set, but I have them and they're all very safe in my fishing tackle box. Yeah, I was going to say you still have them. <laughs> yes, they're very safe. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's like uh, uh, there's a, a guy online that we watch, uh, Zbosh. Zebashu. Zebashu. Who's been who just recently released a couple of episodes of like D D dice. Oh my gosh, I love those. And they're hilarious. And one of the things he talks about is you cannot get rid of cursed dice. <laughs> All you can do is sequester them away from the other dice and they are gifted to somebody after you die. You guys have the your set <laughs> the of cursed goblin dice. The dice. Goblin dice. <laughs> I've used those and done fine with them. I don't know. I have a specific D twenty that Chantel gave me. That that is my specific one that I always use. Except for when it's doing bad for you, and then you scream at it and choose <laughs> yes. something else. I, yep, I I always pick out a second. Like I'll still roll all my d twenties just to have backup for if Ariel's d twenties. And by all, she means like all three hundred. <laughs> yeah, I have a giant bag that that our DM gave me because he got my name at Christmas time. I would say that out of, out of all of our dice collections, if we're being like super specific about it, I think uh, Krista definitely has the most out of all of us. I don't know. I think you do, yeah, actually. I think you have more dice. I probably have more completed sets because I buy sets. I think you have more individual Krista dice. Bought pounds. Yeah, yes. she, she buys like big dice collection I bags. I have more at home that aren't even in my bag. Yeah, not, not even in rotation. <laughs> I've given them to children. <laughs> yeah, she bought like pounds my of dice. Children. She also got a uh, advent calendar of dice. Yes, yes. I remember that was That was so fun. Yeah. And some of those made them into rotation. Some did not. <laughs> I like the root beer D20. Yep. I like your uh, snowflake set because it actually is the uh, the same kind of brand as my uh, fall leaf set. Yeah. Because orange is my favorite color. So I have a lot of orange <gasps> dice. <laughs> I found, uh, I want to get them, but they were from like a shady, you know how Facebook po has pop-up ads? Okay. So I don't know if it's a shady company or not, but there was dice with gears inside of them. Oh, I've seen those before. Yeah, uh, they're so cool. I actually did like a little like 
window shopping put um dice in a shopping cart of like i picked out for everybody (laughs) (laughs) that's actually what i I, did oh really i picked out i picked out some those are the ones i keep forgetting to bring for everybody (laughs) (laughs) i picked out uh there was a set that was like supposed to be like a beach set and it had like a little bit of sand and like a little blue drop so it looked like a tempest kind and i was like tempest doesn't have dice yet and then i got to rem and went None of these work. Oh no! <laughs> metal dice. I got metal dice. I know that like the dice collection started because we have a couple dice goblins. Yeah. And then other people Sharing who just don't give that. a care about their dice as long as they can roll them. <laughs> they may or may not have them all present. They're precious to me. I can't lose them. I have to relocate my my dice, but I I still have and use as default my first set of dice. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which are green and purple with gold lettering, Chessex Galaxy Dice. I don't bother rolling 17 different sets of dice <laughs> to see which ones are behaving the best that to day. To be honest, I believe the first set of dice gifted to me is the metal dice I got from you guys. So the little thing that you had when you moved here? I bought myself. Oh, that you bought yourself. Okay. Every set of dice except for that one was bought by me. Mm. Interestingly enough, I think the first set of dice gifted to me were the mini dice. Ooh, those also roll really well for you for some reason. <laughs> like you've rolled those and I'm like, no, that's not fair. But they were the, the, the mini dice that Chantel got us because I got the original, the, the like Chessex mini dice. Yeah, I think, yeah, I've given out the mini dice and then the wizard set. I think the minis came before the wizards. Did it could they? be. Yeah. Wizards. I, that's, the wizard one is what I use for Ariel. I don't use the wizard ones as much because I find them a little tricky to roll. And also sometimes yeah. I identify off, the, off like the drop of a hat. I'm just like, I don't remember which one you are, so I'm going to do this one instead. <laughs> well, if you're playing a wizard, it's very easy. The fireball is the fireball side. The potion is the potion die. The wizard ones don't roll for me. Mm. Well, I only use the d20. Yeah, and th- that's the thing too with some of the dice. You know, it is um some of them do roll a little better in the towers, especially some of the ones that are a little fancier, like resin stuff with stuff in them. So you can tell they're not going to really be balanced per se. So having the the tower actually does make it kind of nicer to roll because it makes it a lot more even for. I what like they having might. a tower. Yeah, so I do like having a tower because I didn't have a tower for a long time. I was just using a custom made dice box, and then I was make using uh, the other dice box and then I finally got one from the Ren Fair that was like a very steampunky like uh, C4 yeah the, the company C4 which is the one that I was saying is kind yeah, of C4 local. labs they're very very cool they have I highly recommend C4 labs uh, they make beautiful dice boxes with uh, usually I believe a resin plate of colors usually in them so they look very cool with the wood and the the resin so I have a coaster Yep, you bought a coaster, and we got your brother, who we found out later that was in the D and D. We bought him a uh, dice box. Oh yeah, because he put on his wish list some crap. That's just gonna fall apart. (laughs) So I was like, no, no, no. We'll we'll go with C (laughs) four. And we've we've bought some interesting things. Like you know, it's always always on our minds. Are like that'd be kind of cool for the game. (laughs) Oh, something that we haven't touched on at all that came due to the game was the fact that Krista is a avid mini painter when she gets the the bug. Yeah, I need to pick that up again. We just fell out of it recently, but for a long time, you know, we were talking about the the battle maps, which we don't always use. COVID happened. COVID happened and... The perfect time to paint minis was COVID. (laughs) 
I but know. if she doesn't have inspiration, I couldn't because Riley's school stuff just took up. And you were working for a long time. Yeah, I had to set up. I had to take everything off my desk for that because I had to put my computer front or the monitor from work on and my computer. desk. Yeah, and the computer, and so all that stuff had to get put away. And then Riley took up the living room, so like I didn't have that space either. So. But you started painting minis, and that was for a while. That was kind of a gift thing that we got you a lot. Was yeah, was I minis. still like minis. I just have to get back into painting again. Yeah, so the collections kind of grew from that. Like there was the the vaults, the towers, the trays, the dice, the minis. Like D and D can be a very crafty hobby if oh, you yeah. like yeah. put your mind into it. Well, I've got stacks of boxes. Oh my gosh, they're still coming. So now, okay, so you know how he has that game that we've been playing, the like the game in the box thing? Dungeon in a box. Good company. They've updated. And so he's finally gotten through the first like two years of the original that now the new one is arriving. Which comes in a different box. It looks like a chest. Like it's yeah, cardboard, it's but it's a little thicker, I think. Though. Yeah, it's a little fatter, but it looks it looks the same in that it's a box, cool but it's it, the outside looks like a chest. Yeah, it doesn't look like just a box. But anymore. I know that in each one of those are many uh, flat acrylic pieces that I have not even looked at. I haven't opened one of them if we aren't actually playing it. Um, and there's minis in there. There's there's Reaper minis that I have not been able to look at and or these give them. Boxes now are stacked to the ceiling. <laughs> I have a lot. We really need to get together again. Well, I mean, it's, I, I'm sad to say it. I need to to cancel um, receiving them so that we can actually play through. Well, the, either that or so we can catch up. I mean, I basically years got, of games. Yeah, I've got, I've basically got two full games, and then now they're starting us in a third. And I think they're a great company. Like I like the stuff they create. It's it's especially for newer people. It's a great way. To, I would say to intro in like a new DM and stuff. The hard part is COVID happened and we had to cancel all the campaigns. COVID happened and we just weren't, we were more concentrating on playing. Also, we're just not very good at like efficiently getting through games like that. It's (laughs) not just that. I mean, look at D&D in general. It's usually like that. You know, everybody wants to play D&D. What's a good day for everybody? How about Wednesday? Wednesday's great for everybody. I can't play Wednesday. You know, it's always that kind of thing. There's always something. There's like jokes about that. In our group, it's more of a, okay, so we're going to get together this Saturday, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Everyone's on board for Saturday. Saturday, or actually, it's usually Friday, but, you know, Friday at 7 p.m. rolls away. I gotta work tomorrow. Sorry, guys. Or, yeah, I gotta work. Or, oh yeah. By the way, I forgot to let you know that that I work early on Sunday. So can we do like an early Saturday? And everyone's like, nope, nope, can't do that. It's like, fine, I guess. We'll put it <laughs> off to next week. But that's standard. I mean, when you're trying to get to several people together, the it's problem hard. is the way that our group is and not working all the same times is we don't get the ability to fit in a. So y'all good for Wednesday? Like yeah. getting a middle of the week session in. Like we can't even we can't even do like a okay, so we're all off by five. Okay, we'll do we'll do like a six to ten on Thursday. Yeah, that's something that's changed over the years too, because we did have a little more availability when we first started, but now all of our schedules have completely changed, you know? So Well, I would say not always, because when we first started, because you all three worked at the same store. Getting all three of you a day off where you didn't we have to cover for each other. We just had to make sure it was at night yeah. Well, yeah. after the store was a little closed. More difficult. And that was also kind of just like a retail-based thing. Well, yeah, but it's, you know? I'm just saying like, like you know. Like, Since you were at the same store, it was normally someone worked. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be like either one of you is opening or one of you is closing or you might have both. So it usually had to be after that 
uh, I was at that time working in mornings. I was and he was shift. working nights. And then literally, like as we went progressed, you guys started changing out. Uh, Caitlin and Krista both got a daytime nine to fiver. You started working where you're now. Yeah, nights. And went to nights. I got my job and I went to nights. And about the same time I went to nights, I went he to went to mornings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had a lot of scheduled disparities over the years, but it's just you know things have changed and it, it just you know we I feel I do feel like we got together more often, but we also did have to learn you know just for our sanity's sake, you know, to not do our like thousand long hour sessions like we used to do. Yeah, we for a while we were meeting like twice a month. We used to record more in a month than I let us do now because I used to let us just keep going. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm six episodes behind on editing. Don't ask me what happened last week. <laughs> Nowadays, we don't do that, which is why you picked up running a second game was so that we could have something to do and we could get everyone together was okay i don't care what we play on the second second time we get together a month i'm not running it and i'm not editing it okay <laughs> and that was that was something we were trying to do that too like i even bought the dungeon in the box series because we were like all right we're gonna go to recording once a month we still all want to get together and do stuff i was like okay i can run this easy game and then it just kind of fell apart I actually, I like that, uh, and I, I hope that we can go back to doing another game where we're not on the mic, because it helps me grow as a player, because I'm not focused on the mic. Yeah, and you can experiment with your role-playing more I and can not try have to worry. out having a little fawn girl or whatever, <laughs> and yeah. or, or try to have, uh, I think, didn't we play a game... We, I don't remember if we were on mics where I played like a half orc and I was like trying yes. to have like a different voice or something. Yes. Was that, um, I think, was that when we were playing our sisters? Oh, our sisters. Yeah. yeah. And I tried to have that a different was voice. was when we tried to do the Pathfinder play test. Yes. I loved that character so much. It was fun to hear you Well, there play. was also the game, I think it's the my game, where you're a dwarf. That is all, yeah, that is all about trying to get your brewery started. And you're... A half Furbolg. Yes. Yep. Half Furbolg, half Goliath, or whatever. Or Earth Genasi. You're a Goliath. <laughs> and Caitlin wasn't playing at the time. So I was only running for I'm the I'm still three trying to... I'm, I want her. Which I think is funny, because you guys have done some encounters that are obviously set up for four players to be difficult, and you're playing with three. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> Aren't we bringing Caitlin into it, though? That was the plan, I think I yeah. played the last one didn't I? yeah because you guys met her at the jail because you guys started in a jail yeah hopefully as as summer settles down we'll be able to to get into that too but just in general it's been difficult you know everyone getting all vaccinated and able to to play together again has also meant that like i don't remember the last time we had a lazy weekend because it's constantly like various people and family members and getting together with you guys of do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, because we can finally do shit again. And it's summer and the weather's nice and it's beautiful out. And we're starting to well now we're starting to get close to holiday season, which is usually when we take our break. Yeah. Sadness because it's like we just got back into this and it's oh it's gonna be another break time. <laughs> we got a couple months. Yeah. We're just gonna have to hit September, October, and the first week of November. Really good. Have some long sessions so you can break them up <laughs> into lots of episodes. But getting back to the questions, did we have any other uh, specific questions? I got one, one more listener question for both sides of the of the DM screen. 
We have, uh, from Toss Cobble Cottage, we have what has been your favorite part of the world to build and what has been my least favorite. That's your question. Yeah, so, I mean, because of how integral it is to everything in the campaign, I have to say that my favorite part of the campaign to build has been the Guild of Adventurers. I've spent so much time working on a map of the Guild Hall. I mean, lately, the thing that I'm working on is I'm working on all the emblems for the Guild as a whole and the different uh, branches of the Guild. And that is kind of like the driving force behind the Aurelian Epic is the is Riven's Guild of Adventures. And, you know, it's nice having the, the five different aspects to work off of. The fact that once you guys get back, you know, it's going to be a very big part of you guys getting back to the city because they're the ones that have the the very evil axe that has been alluded to a couple times Wait, it's evil but most <laughs> listeners don't really know anything about yet and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun when everyone gets back and we can start diving into that because that's kind of where you know three and a half arcs and that's kind of where the story starts is when you guys figure out what's going on with all that yeah because originally this was kind of just a uh let's go and do this adventure while we're waiting for information on the axe to pop up because you discovered other problems <laughs> well and also i would say in the last little bit as far as like how long we've been playing but within the last few times we've learned more about each character too mm-hmm um, backstory stuff is starting to pop up in different things. And, and that's something that I've been really uh, engaged in lately with uh, Damien's kind of uh, putting out more backstory for us to get involved in, too. Because, like, we all have our own kind of backstories we've done, more or less. Yes, you have. You you did a fancy rolling thing that decided all of your fate for you. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, just, I, I still like, I like how it all came together in the end. It I, did I, turn out. It's surprisingly well. And I, I, I think that's I think that's still like a very legitimate way because, you know, your dice still decide, decide your fate, just like how the rest of the game is played. Those tables wouldn't be there if they didn't want people to use them. Yeah. And so. then it's if for people that struggle with backstories. It's a legitimate way of helping. Even if you don't roll, even if you just look at what they've created and pick one. I have a cheat code. It's named Chris. <laughs> He's the one you, that helped no, me. No, to be honest, recently most of your newer stuff you have done on your own. Also, almost no one looks at those or rolls those and just goes, "All right, orphan." <laughs> no, I definitely tweaked Dot some of it. Underlined. That is my character. And that's the biggest. Orphan. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's the biggest thing too. Is just drawing inspiration for those. Like when I was talking about Chulu earlier, it was like I was reading Volos's Guide to Lizard Folk, and I'm just like, mm-hmm, yep, Lizard Folk. Okay, eat people. Yep. Okay, good. Eat people. <laughs> Seventeen Stay pages of wet. Lauren. What did I get out of it? Eat people. Well, I like the way that she transferred that into the fact that like she views, or, or sorry, Chulu views the lizard-born race as, like, superior. Yeah! yeah and everybody it. else is meat. I love it. Well, that's why I like, um, I do like Tempest a lot of the character. Like, sh sh we're still kind of getting to know her and stuff, and I do like some of the parts that Damien has forced you to, you know, figure out, too, about your character. Like, what's your real I'm name? your father. <laughs> yeah. What's and then your what father. What is your real name, Tempest? 
let me just spend 20 minutes on a random name generator. And what was like the first one that popped up? It was. It wasn't the first. No, I still cracked I up that it was. I was clicking for a while. I still cracked up that it was Raina out of all <laughs> yeah, everything you could have chose. <laughs> And I just didn't even make the connection. Yeah, I remember just Until giggling. everyone was like, really? That's <laughs> yeah, the one you're going with. Okay. I, was, I was delighted. <laughs> yes, both of my names are a form of precipitation. Yeah. That's what makes it funny is it's like, it, it reminds me of, you know, people I know that are like, I don't like my name. I'm going to change it to something very similar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't like rain. I like. What's another word for a storm? A tempest. I'm going to go with tempest. <laughs> it's much more intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> but going back to the original question of both sides of the screen, here's something that I think, you know, should come into a fact. I alluded to it earlier. How much time have you spent world building for areas you expected us to go to that we never went to besides Port Norsal? <laughs> besides Port Norsal? I think, I think anybody that might have listened long enough, I, I will tell you that there's a section of the game called Port Norsal. Damien went into great detail developing the city, and we flashed through it faster than a flashbulb. <laughs> well, the thing with that was is that we had spent so long doing like shopping episodes and episodes engaging with all the NPCs oh. and all that kind of and thing. And so we were um, trying to get a little better about being efficient with it. You guys and were in prompt story mode at that point. And we, we were too efficient where we were just like, we don't need anything here. Let's go on our merry way. <laughs> we, have the, we have the wagon. Ahoy! We got a cart. Let's go. Yep. We got our stuff. Yeah, the you, only thing I remember, like sure, about that, but there's, We've there's, got enough I built a seahorse jerky okay. to last us for a week. Yeah, it was so sad because I remember thinking to myself, like Damien kind of had this almost dejected tone in his voice, like he said, like, "Are are you sure you guys are just leaving <laughs> or something along those lines?" And it was just like, "Yep." And I remember yep. thinking, like, yeah, "Why why is he kind of sound kind of off, like off?" <laughs> he built places. He built lore. There's a map. Yeah, <laughs> he, he went into such detail with this town that we just blitzed through. <laughs> so, going back to my original question, and this comes from not just the, our game, but I would say games in general. How much do you as a DM think that like you really need to prepare to feel ready? Um. So, so the the deep dark secret of being a sandbox style dungeon master. What is ready? <laughs> <laughs> is that if you guys aren't looking at it it's kind of just a veneer <laughs> <laughs> i want to go through that door uh 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 it's locked <laughs> I, I come up with enough of a vague idea that if you guys are going to port norsal and then you guys get to the road right before you go hey hey dm where can I go west? <laughs> <laughs> I at the very least know what west is, but I don't dive into too much of the lore and like the people and everything if you guys aren't actively pointed at it. Now, like a lot of the places, like because you guys have been up in the Icelian Plains region, which is where Port Norsal and Sterengeld are, because you guys have been up there. If you were to point at a spot on the map and said that you wanted to go there, I at the very least have enough of what is there that I could get through the rest of the session. <laughs> to then <laughs> frantically create. Yes. And then at that point I go, all right then. We're we're now we're now in the Fellwood, so I'm gonna start start working on this. <laughs> were were you upset at all that we 
we blasted through Port Norsal after the work you put into it? Nope. That Port Norsal is a city that exists, and I very strongly believe in the side of DMing where just because you guys aren't, aren't there doesn't mean things don't happen. Well, yeah, I just wondered, like, because you spent a lot of time, like, fleshing it out and the fact that we just kind of, like, were like, later, and you were like, but I had story ideas. No, and that's because... A lot of my prep for a session, I, I run with something that I call the speed bump. And the speed bump is the knolls. The speed bump is a thing that I have in my back pocket for the region that you guys are in, that if you run past what I have ready, I can throw something out that will at least buy me enough time <laughs> to finish a session and then start building from there. Wow, that's that's a really good <laughs> way to handle You took an unexpected turn. Suddenly there's no. <laughs> Does it Ochre jellies. That I spent probably 10 hours the week before we got together fleshing out things in Port Norsal and coming up with a couple people and story hooks and shops and it wasn't used, yeah, kind of, just because I could have used that time on something else, but not because you didn't go to it, just because I could have used that time on what you guys did go to. Yeah. But the next thing that we got, that we do when you guys play is going back go to into that city. We're going shopping. Now, <laughs> you guys might blow past it again this time, too, and that's fine. As I said, it's a city that exists, and just because you guys aren't there doesn't mean things don't happen. Now that I've started getting gears turning, you guys are gone. I can roll a couple dice and be like, huh. Port Nostal is gone. All right, then. They might hear about this later. Six campaigns from now, they might also be like, wait, what? What happened to this city? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you guys left, and it turns out that the working class was actually in a little bit of dis disruption and they revolted and all the rich people are dead now. <laughs> the French Revolution. <laughs> Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. But I mean, like, and, and I, I know having DM myself that if people don't use things that you've created, you can always back pocket it and use it someplace else. I mean, it's not hard to transfer a shop. But I like, I like bringing it up because it is a common DM trope and thing that you can make as many plans as you want. Your players are still going to find the hole nope, you left. No plan, sur or no plan survives an encounter with the party. Yeah, or anything. But I mean, like, even using structured stuff where I was like, all right, here's what you guys are going to do. And and the guys are like, I want to do this. It's like, I punched the guard. One, yeah, it's the one thing <laughs> that I have no answer to. So now I'm scrambling. It's like, why? You had 30 different ways to go. I could throw you in a maze with four directions, and you're going to be like, I want to go down. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Hey, Chris. Can we can we talk to the people that are in this caravan? Oh, my God. <laughs> Individually. Yeah, we, we went through each and every caravan. And, and that's why that session took you six hours. Yeah. So I that's went to, two to hours. bed. Well, that and the fact that I made you guys play every day of travel, which I will never do that again. <laughs> but I mean, like I learned also playing with very young children. I want a weasel to be my companion. So your magical companion is a magical weasel. Yes. Wait, are people allergic to weasels <laughs> in this made up world? No. 
<laughs> a magical companion. Yeah, a magical made of fairy dust weasel. No. It's hypoallergenic. The weasel's dead now. No, it just it's still there. No, the weasel's dead now. Oh. You asked too many questions. You can't. You can't. <laughs> well, no, she she read enough to know that you can't kill the weasel. It just returns to the to the Feywild or whatever and it was. And then she gets it back. And then she gets it back after summoning it again. But as for the other half of the question for my least favorite part to world build, everything that's not Sival. (laughs) (laughs) So basically the rest of the... uh... The rest of the entire world outside of the continent that you guys are on. I have so many names of places and regions and so much built for Sival. And I have a handful of of sketches and names for continents that exist outside of Saval. And we'll see, we'll see what, I mean, eventually, eventually I'm going to have to do something with them, but they literally exist as this is this continent. I don't know where it is in relation to the continent that they're on. I don't know how big it is, but this is a name and this is a map. And if for some reason they try to leave the continent they're on, (laughs) kind of like I said, I have a veneer of, okay, they're sailing um, away from where everything is. Suddenly kobolds. (laughs) (laughs) We have a continent. Time to start building. Hey, guys, let's get on a boat. (laughs) We wanted to be pirates, right? Have fun with the Sea of Mists. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's go check out the mist. I actually do know what's in the Sea of Mists, so have fun with the Sea of Mists. I don't want to go in the sea. Let's bring Seeks so that she can be found. Yeah. <laughs> Seeks, but not found. I guess uh, going along the whole line of the DM questioning stuff, uh, so as far as story-wise, you've kind of stated that it's more or less like kind of a as-you-go thing and you have some you know, major plot points here and there that you kind of want us to hit more or less in our own natural way. But like, do you have like a ending in mind? Like, do you have like an end goal or some such? Yes, I do. You guys are never going to get to it. (laughs) (laughs) At the rate we're going. I can say this with confidence because you guys haven't even finished the prologue yet. Yep. Oh gosh. <laughs> that's that's honestly we'll pretty be true. Seventy. And We're gonna be still living playing. in a retirement home. Hey, but then we can do it every dice. day. That's true. Hey, hey, we might eventually get to it before we die. <laughs> our kids are gonna be so sick of it. So the the slight meta side of this thing is. This story has, I want to say, 10 major arcs. We've done one. No. No. We haven't even done one. You guys are about (laughs) to start the first one after three years. (laughs) Now, some of this is because of going back and forth between the two. 10 major arcs. How many dragons are there? (laughs) Some of this is because you guys have gone back and forth between doing the two stories. I don't know if I want to have the Miavet story involved in the major arcs or not, but that's also why I'm excited for arc three, because arc three is where you guys are going to enter the first major arc of the story. Oh, oh, our arc three. Yes. Oh, I was like, I was like okay. we haven't even made arc one, I'm and you're talking about arc three? arc three? No, yeah. the season that that we that we started 
when we tried to start recording back in September and we will be continuing in the coming months is what I'm excited for because unless you guys fuck me, (laughs) we're getting to the start of the major campaign. I I do think that we are like, we have some tidbits we want to take care of in Port Norsal, but in all honestly, it is, it is mostly, especially with Ariel's driving in her vision, you know, wanting to get back to Riven. We will be getting back to Riven. To be fair, Ariel has a little bit of a time frame, which is what's going to push things forward. And, you know, I go back and forth on whether or not I regret letting this whole arc happen of you guys leaving the city and having so much time. But on the one hand, I didn't want to be overly pushy with it. And on the other hand, I think that this time has really helped solidify the group as an adventuring party. And I think if you guys had just stayed around Riven I don't think it would have made as much sense or you guys would have been as ready as a party for what you guys have coming in front of you All right, I'd say that the, the this trip being that we finally had to separate and actually act as like an individual party and not because before that we were you know just members of a much larger group that character wise our, our players are, or our characters are, are much more They're closer well yeah and, and like I mean to the point that like if Certain events that happened during the the story had happened at a different time. I don't think you know Kanita would have acted a certain way or Ariel would have acted a certain way. It's something that they developed into. So I think it it was kind of it being as like you said a prologue. It was very character building. But I don't think you can discount some of the major things that happened in this these last couple arcs either. Like for all intents and purposes, you guys have essentially completed the major quest in RPG terms of a region with with killing Grimfang. That was kind of the major conflict of that region when you guys went in there. And you guys went in there without any help from your guild and handled that problem and also have started to create relationships that can be used going forward. Which I'm also excited about because like we, you know, we're now in good standing with the king, you know, (laughs) of that particular dwarven hold. Well, and I mean, there was definite inter-character relationship building that happened. Yeah, definitely. However, you were saying that you don't think we'll ever get through this. I'm wondering if because it took us so long to kind of get started and get things on and rolling that once we have more of a direction that's coming in these arcs, if it's going to snowball on you and actually start increasing in speed or we're, we're pushing through things a little faster because we've kind of been lost trying to find that, you know, that line to pull on. And now you're finally going to give it to us. It can. However, there are only three major campaign arcs on the continent that you guys are on right now. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But once you start one, like it's the drive to finish that one that pushes us into the next part. And I do feel like, you know, both player-wise and character-wise, we've kind of learned how to uh, narrow our focus a little bit more, you know, and not putz around doing shopping episodes as much. Like we we can kind of clean it up a little bit as far as some of our role play and now what we have money yes we have money that's also (laughs) helped but also we we could we've kind of cleaned it up as far as what we want as characters you know most and you know how to kind of focus on getting what our characters need you know in in the game a little bit we also know how to play our characters a little more like trying to learn that process of what we can do as characters having gotten to a higher level too has been kind of a big deal yeah we've been stuck at playing lower level characters for so long so being able to finally hit that benchmark of having more 
stuff. More stuff, yeah. More, more. Uh, what is it called? Like abilities in our reservoir. You know? More spells, more abilities, more just interactions. Like I'd say, because we hit five, right? Mm-hmm. Five's a big turning point in low-level characters because that's where you start to really you get fireball. Yeah, you get access <laughs> to higher-level spells. You get newer abilities. Forget if marshals get their second attack as well. Your ability scores have gone up. You know, like you, you've actually started to kind of flesh out the character a little bit, and you're no longer relying on cantrips or level one spells and then fighting you know you, now you've actually got the ability to be like okay how do we want to handle this and that's one of the things that i think will be interesting as things become more clear too because my whole dm style be- is built a lot on reacting to what you guys have going on and coming up and i try not to push you guys in any specific direction i try to aid you guys in going the direction that you choose. Like, the fact that you guys went up into the Icelian Plains and going to meet the king, that wasn't any story that I had built before going into it. That was all... You you gave us a clue that you didn't know was a clue. Well, it was all reacting (laughs) to what you guys had going into it. So, as things become bigger in the party's eyes, and you guys go, oh... This is what we're doing. It it might speed things up because you guys will have a direct like, oh hey yeah, we're beelining that thing now. Yeah, that's that's why I think it might snowball because if you think about it, and again, people that didn't get to hear the beginning stuff, they don't know why we went up to the to the dwarven king. They do because we we showed him the things and that was the big deal. But and we have a little bit of a prologue to yeah, that. Yeah, but nobody knew where we got him. Like they didn't realize that it was all contained in that first episode. It was like, well, is this part of the same thing? So I, I feel like, you know, you you definitely let us go where we wanted to go, but you dropped this clue, maybe not intending it to be a clue per se, and that's why we latched onto it really hard. We're like, we have to go there. So now that you're actually going to give us the story hook you've planned, I think if that hooks us as hard as that did, we're going to be focusing on that and we might start, you know, plowing into it. I have a question. What is everybody's favorite thing about our campaign? And then what's your least favorite thing? Shopping episodes. Oh. <laughs> My favorite. There were two questions there, Chris. That was his most favorite. I was answering the second question immediately. Since I asked, I'll start. I think my favorite thing is Ariel connecting with Nina and Tempest and uh, loosening up a little bit and discovering honey juice. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I think my least favorite thing. Uh, I don't, I'm playing my character how she is, but I don't really like the kind of depression she's in right now. And as a player, my least favorite thing is taking so long to get to level five. (laughs) (laughs) There's always that goal. Yeah. Just be glad you're not stuck with experience-based leveling. But then we could go just kill a bunch of rats. Oh my God. No rats, please. With experience-based leveling, some of the stuff we've done would have driven us high really quickly. We would have hit five earlier, I think. The whole cave full of goblins and kobolds alone probably would have driven oh, us up. That experience was split between like eight eight different NPCs, too. <laughs> they didn't get the experience. <laughs> they helped. The hell? Gimbal, maybe. That's when we have to tackle them, make sure they don't hit anything. That's when you start killing off the NPCs. Oh, God. <laughs> You're an experienced I bank. mean, you kind of did that for us, Damien, with that rock slide. And they, <laughs> You're like, too many NPCs. Oh, that's rock slide. You die. Die. Yeah. experience points. Yeah. Oh, God. That went into all the kobolds. Oh, no. 
Um, I guess I'll go next. Um, I can't think of super specifically my least favorite thing at the moment. I'll probably come back to that. Uh, as far as favorite, I've actually really enjoyed experimenting with what I can do mechanically in the game, like for the campaign and stuff like that. So figuring out like, hey, you know, my sorcerer can still go up and grapple things and smack things. <laughs> I love that you do that. Well, when you have a sorcerer with a huge strength score. Yeah, um, my character has a really ridiculous charisma and strength score. Um, so it's like Christmas her casting based things. So she's and she's also very, you know, decent with people, but she's also ridiculously strong for no reason other than the <laughs> fact that I had a high number. I was like, sure, let's just slap it in there. <laughs> Not exactly what most people dump their stats into as a yeah. sorcerer. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was probably some questionable choices on my part as far as stat assignment, but it's. I've actually it's actually given me reason to take time to learn what else can I do to make this interesting? You know, how can I use this ability that I gave myself? So, <laughs> yeah, we should really address the 16 charisma with the 18 strength. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's hilarious because like in my own mind's canon, like when Kanina enters room, because you've you've talked about what she wears, too, is, is not like revealing, but. You can see her abs. You can see her arms. It's like so most people would look over she's and be like, buff. "Look at that! Look at that fighter! Look at that monk! Look at that! You know, whatever." And then she's like, "Fireball!" And they're like, "What the hell?" And that's that's also like um just the stat based things too have um like it's helped me influence how her character has developed, like how I play her. Like I make it so that she exercises every morning. She's very religious about that, and she's dragged Ariel into it, and you know, Tempest into yeah. it against her will. <laughs> coffee it's like it's that's i really like having those you know just mechanical parts of the DD character and the stats on the sheet really in helping influence how i can role play my character that like i feel like that's really helped for building up the different like faucets of her personality i, I like the fact that you do that because i've played with other people who don't they don't be like they could do that same thing be like yeah they're just strong for whatever reason they don't characterize it which is kind of cool um i'd say like i said my least favorite thing you know, I, I joked that it was shopping episodes. It's not that I dislike shopping episodes. It's just I view shopping episodes the same way I view shopping in real life. I have a goal. I want to get it. And then I want to get the hell out. I don't haggle. I don't, you know, do that kind of stuff. And at the same time, being as early level as we are, I haven't really thought of anything as a character that he would need to go buy. If he saw options for something, he might think about it. But like other than healing potions and, and maintaining some stuff, he's, he's usually pretty good about it. He's frugal, I guess. Penny Pincher. <laughs> well, it's just I find the I find the the tedium of being like, well, I want three healing potions. How many do you have? Well, I have two. Okay, I'll take both of them. How much are they? Fifty gold. All right, here's your fifty gold. I'm not like the. What else do you have? Is there any way I could haggle you down? What if I trade this to you? Like that? Just I have forty-seven gold pieces. <laughs> and, and that's to the most part that just kind of annoys me. Like if I can make it a character funny thing, like two gold, I'll do it. But. If if it's just like a simple haggle thing, it's like that's the thing I feel like I could work out with the DM off mic. Be like, all right, I want to buy these things. How much do I need to give you? Scratch it out of my character sheet and give it to him, which is what I've done in other tabletops is I'd like to buy, you know, if you need if you're actually counting ammo, I'll be like, I need another 30 arrows uh, and I'd like to buy this green cloak. How much is that going to cost my character? Right here it is. I put on my character sheet. We move on. Um, so that's why I dislike That actually episodes. kind of struck a chord with me too because that reminds me of that painful specific moment of trying to get that what was it? That sword mm -hmm. from the guy? Yeah. I, that the moment really sword. killed me inside because I was just like, I know what I wanted but it was 
very difficult to try to role play that. And I don't know if it was just because I was myself was struggling or if because I had, you know, the two extras too, you know, who were helping me try to figure this out. <laughs> so it was just, just a lot of conflicting stuff. So that moment in particular in the campaign, like I liked the end result, but getting there was painful. That was your least favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, what I was going to say, and that's something that, you know, having watched, or not watched that, but yeah. <laughs> Grim having seen, hey, there is a difference to well-worked, you know, items, he's now going to be a little bit more paying attention to that. Before, he's always been provided what he needed, so he's just like, ah, this is all I need. But now he's like, wait, wait, there's slightly better things? Oh. You know? What's your favorite thing? My favorite thing, I would still say, uh, as weird as it is, is the inter-party connections and relationships that have developed over time. I mean, I play Rem as, you know, the grumpy old man, and he has his reasons for being that that haven't really gone been gone into. There's been hints and things like that about it. But at the same time, like, it's, it's interesting to watch you guys try so hard <laughs> to connect with this just it's frosty so old man. It's so hard to connect with him. <laughs> Saying that, though, I do feel like out of all the party members, you've probably had some of the most touching moments with some of the characters, like with each person, like the just the little just the little things, you know, and it doesn't have to be like super long, but you've had really like close talks with everybody, like a scene or two, like sharing the drink with Tempest on the boat and then talking with Ariel about her dreams and whatnot. Well, and, and that's kind of the same thing as him being, he's the old man, so some, it feels to me like sometimes like the other younger characters come to him with like... Hey, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> or, or just like, you know, you've seen a lot, you know, what's going on, and he kind of like, you know... A big part was uh, right before the, the Grimfang fight when he looked at Ariel and he's like, if I say run, I want you to run. She obeyed. No, she didn't. Yes, she ran to the tree. That's not running. <laughs> you need to be a little specific with her. Yeah. <laughs> but no, she told him, like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to leave you here. Right. And he's like, it's not about me. And that's one of those things. It's like, she thought he was doing it to be, you know, like, leave me behind. Be the martyr. And he wasn't. It was it, to him. It's like, no, if I have to, I'm willing to stay here to keep you guys all alive. I don't need you guys making that harder on me by sticking around. And, then, and at that time, when I told you guys to run, he saw a way out for everybody, right? You know, and then all of a sudden, he didn't see a way out because he was being blocked. <laughs> that, okay. You have to turn around. That was because of a player being tired and forgetting I had movement after I cast it. Well, no, it wasn't just that. It was, I mean, it, and it made it, it, made it, it a very... It was just that. It was literally, I forgot to tell the DM I want to move. Well, it was, you, didn't, you didn't realize you were standing right in the middle of everything. No. Kanina's buff body was blocking. Well, and it was also character driven. Like he could have run past you technically, but he wasn't going to. But uh, it made a really interesting character moment. But that I leaned really hard into. I was like, well, if he's got to stay, he's got to stay. And as things have progressed, like I, I have kept in mind a lot of the way I built him and how he would interact with people. And because of these moments that you've had with him, things with him have changed slightly. His, his view on you guys as in general has shifted like it's you know, softened the, a little bit well it's not just softened he just <laughs> when he first met you you were strangers to him like he didn't and he really didn't care because to him he doesn't care but as this whole prologue has developed when I, like i said to damien these inner party interactions have caused him to actually give a shit about the people <laughs> he's traveling with um tempest being the newest member obviously does not have the same level i don't get a shit <laughs> no, you you have definitely proven yourself to him in a way that like you mean more to him, but like he doesn't have the background that he has with them. Like he views 
Ariel is, you know, the 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 goody two shoes airhead. It's not even the goody two shoes <laughs> She kind of an airhead. Like she, he realizes she's kind of ditzy, but it's more like a young, unexperienced person. Like he just views you as young. Kanina, he sees as naive in that she doesn't understand the world. I mean, I'm sure she does, but in his own mind, the only part of Nina he sees is this happy, bubbly, wants to be everybody's friend person. And he comes from a world where that doesn't exist. So it's he's having to learn to interact with you guys in different ways because he's not used to it. And so it's been that's been the most fun to me is developing his character in relation to your character. I could play him as just a stodgy old man the entire time that never gets along with you guys at all. That would not be fun. No, it wouldn't. But I, that's the way he started off as is he's a stodgy old man, really doesn't give a shit about the people around him. He's very jaded and cynical. And now you guys, because of the way you've interacted with him as characters, have started to make him care. And that's hard on him because he's gone for a while now without caring. His heart grew three times that day. Yes, <laughs> he is the Grinch. And, you know, just from the little, yeah, the little we've known of your past to it is, I'm sure, bringing up older, you know, hurts and yeah. stuff like that. Like having to care again is meaning you're also having to care about things that have already happened. Yeah, you're, you're bringing up past memories, which are not fun. But Damien's been really good about kind of rolling, I'm sure, all of our backstories. I don't know all of your guys' backstories. I know a little bit more about Ariel's just because I helped write it. <laughs> but he's rolling your guys' backstories into things. And so, like, those moments when he brings, like, mine in, even if you guys don't know about it, I'm like, ooh, yeah. ooh, ooh, backstory <laughs> stuff. I didn't even get to help edit. Usually I help edit when he writes stuff, but mm. I don't even know because I didn't get to help edit his. I think both of uh, Krista and Chris have probably more developed backstories where I think both Tempest and Kinina are a little bit more open for interpretation. Like there are bits and pieces he has to work with, but I think he's also helped interject some of helpful story stuff to kind of progress our own yeah. our own future stuff. And that's something I... I you know, give Damien a lot of credit for it. He, he's been very cognizant of everybody's backstories, tried to roll them all into the story in general. And at the same time, hasn't like let it fall. Like he, he, he sticks him in every now and then and you're like, Oh, Oh, this is a character moment for me. And he's like, okay, this is going to be just for you. This is, this is Ariel's dream. This is, you know, Nina's meeting with somebody, whatever, you know, like it rims dream. I think the dreams are also probably my second favorite. So uh, what is a uh, Tempest's and Caitlin's specific yeah. <laughs> <laughs> favorite stuff or least favorite? Um, my favorite is um, combat. Like, I just, as a person. She likes dice rolling. Not even the dice rolling. I really like the mechanics. I like the strategy. Um, she doesn't like talking. She likes <laughs> kicking ass. <laughs> but, like, I'm not good at, like, strategy games, but I really enjoy the strategy aspect of D&D combat. <laughs> well, it's a little different, I would say, because you're not in charge of the entire strategy. Exactly. Like, I like hearing what other people are planning on doing and, you know, especially when we work together on combat, which, you know, you're not really supposed to do a ton <laughs> because uh, you, you're not exactly just sitting there discussing plans on the battlefield. Um, but we did plan out one. Yeah, the Grim Fang one pretty was, well. Yeah, that was that fun. One, that one worked out really well. But yeah, no, I, I just, I've always loved the combat aspect. And my least favorite is... Um, bureaucracy. <laughs> she stares, she just at, stares at the DM. <laughs> I'm sorry, this cart appears to be damaged. Oh, no, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that specific, that was probably a least favorite role Did you play pay time. for the insurance? Yes, Shut I paid the $2 for the insurance. Whatever your name is. <laughs> hey, Eldith was a nice Eldith? dwarven no. baker woman. Oh, yeah, She's I loved her. Malin? Malin? Yeah. Malin. 
Yeah, you guys wanted to, to get back to, to Port Nursal so you I'm could so see Elizabeth again. I'm so worried that I think we She's haven't... gone. It's been days. Yeah. It's been like two weeks. <laughs> She's already back at home baking. Her bread again. is stale. <laughs> I remember thinking about that as we were wrapping up. It's like, no, no, no. You guys said goodbye, went into the woods for a day and a half, went out of the woods, went back to the village, for two went days. back to the woods, two days. went back into the woods, <laughs> two days. killed the, the bastard, left the woods, two days. went back two to days. the village, <laughs> and then went to Port Norsal. Yep. Eldith has been home and is almost about to leave again. Yeah, talking to her husband. I met these weird people on the road. Hey, if we stay just a little bit longer, no. maybe she'll be on yeah. the road with us. That's something that drives... But she doesn't need an escort this time. We killed him. She might want mage armor again for some reason. There might be bandits. Which you didn't give her. You said you were going to. No, I did. What if you needed to? I I thought I did when she was leaving us. Maybe. Because I wasn't going to need it. fight happened, you were like, She got invisibility when she was off on her own. It's like, well, Bucky's going to die, but at least I'll be okay, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I just remember, like, she's pissed at you because you're like, she's like, you said you'd protect me. You're like, uh, I needed it for me. <laughs> no, did I use it even on myself? I don't think so. No, I think you just you, left. You just went straight into fighting. I just, like, incinerated the wolf. Yeah, you you did actually kill, like, uh, quite a bit of things. Yeah, I know. I, I protected kept, you like, just in a different way. <laughs> I'm almost there. Oh, I'm almost dead. <laughs> I'm almost there. <laughs> Jogging from dead body to dead body. <laughs> That's a problem when you're one melee in a bunch of I'm the only melee range. with a yeah. bunch of range. <laughs> sorcerer, ranger, sorcerer. <laughs> I'm just going to stand here and wait. You guys go ahead. So given the time of mourning that it is... Do we want to dive into the future campaign or future characters? Do we want to call it a night? I, I would say that's a question. Has anybody here actually rolled up a second character in case of character death? No, not rolled up one, but I've thought of one. I have not rolled up one, but I have made a character idea collection of what I'd like to play. I have two characters in mind that I think would be fun to play. So it'd just be a matter of rolling their stats. Okay, so question there. Like when you say that, have you picked class and... Okay, so you're rolling stats and then fitting them to the character as best you can. For the most part, like I have some loose ideas. Like one of the characters is a little bit more loose as far as what I would, you know, decide. Yeah. What about you, Krista? I bet you guys can guess what I want to be. A druid. I want to be a druid ranger, though. Like I want to do... But I'm just saying like like to me, I don't do that because I roll the stats... And then usually looking at the stats and yeah, how I roll. That's how I do it. I'll be like, well, you know, like I, I know if you get, you can basically make anything, you know, I'll put it where I want. But I like to look at the stats too and be like, well, I rolled super high on one stat. I'm going to make that, you know, X type of character. All right. I'm a fighter. <laughs> now, even that, like if I rolled good on one stat, it would probably be like a wizard and I'd throw it all at intellect and he'd be weak and <laughs> crazy. So he's got no charisma, you know, like I, I it would just all be one thing, but like, You'll stay back or I'll fireball you. Oh my gosh, can you even imagine Chris playing a character where he can't be the lead and talk all the time? (laughs) Yes, yes I can. It would be amazing. He'd still butt in all the time. I bet he'd still talk all the time. Uh, I think it would drive you nuts if you couldn't 
strategize things because you naturally like to strategize and have the plan of action and stuff in your head. I do in my and head. If but you can't portray that with a if character. If I had a character that couldn't do it, I would do it in my head and just kind of laugh when things don't work out. I'd love to see you play like the mad old wizard. That'd be so funny. <laughs> That's the thing is like, you have to remember, Rim was forced into a role yeah, of control. That is true. Oh, that is very much like a DM being like, NPC being like, hey, you know what to do, buddy. Hey, uh-huh. <laughs> But at the same time, like if Rim were to die in the next episode, I wouldn't want to have a character ready to go because then I'd want to be like, all right, meet this guy. You know, like I'd want to have that moment where everybody here has to be like, well, shit. Well, that's the thing. Like, I wouldn't want that either for our character. I do think it's important to have that mourning period like we did for Karim, you know, because that was very important for character building. And I remember Damien being ecstatic that we were mourning over an NPC. He was just like, I made a good NPC. Yeah, he was like, you guys are feeling something. (laughs) Yeah, so like, I probably wouldn't even start rolling it up that night. Like, I might wait till the next session and talk to Damien about what he thinks is going to happen and be like, all right, I'm not going to be in this next session. You know, you guys, you three do something and it'll be just, I'll talk to Damien about how he kind of wants to set up the meeting if we're going to do another character and then do that later. For me, it's just like, I like having the backup plan, like not because it's more like I'm so attached to Kanina, but I don't want to be left out in the water with no idea of what I want to play. Like I, I like for me, that make it hard to play the campaign because I don't want to just come up with something that I'm not going to like playing for a long period of time. Because I always play my character like this is her one life and I have to do everything I can to make her stay alive. And so that's why I'll expend all my spells. I'll do all of that. I won't hold all of my things as much as possible. Like when Kanina fires, she goes in a big blast of flame. Like <laughs> she'll she'll use everything to keep herself she, she's, going. She's a bomb. Pretty yep. much. And her next her next level, she actually will become one. <laughs> I didn't ask how big the room was. I said I cast fireball. That is definitely Nina. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that one, and then there's also the uh, ability she gets when uh, she gets down to one HP that literally makes her explode. Explode. Yes. <laughs> so that one's. Oh, no. So that one's gonna be entertaining. Her phoenix. <laughs> yeah. If I had to pick a singular favorite moment out of all of that we've played in the Miavet storyline, the scene where Sug died, basically. Came back with the the, um, the orcish ability that they can go down to zero and then back up to one. And his very next roll was a crit that killed the guy that just like hit him. I was like, yes, that's the character's justice everybody wants. Like that was a really good moment for me. Because I was like, oh, being a crit was just so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and while death is on the table, I really hope none of the Aurelian characters die because I don't want to have to reintegrate a new character <laughs> in the <laughs> whole storyline. <laughs> It's been bad enough with Tempest. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm your father. <laughs> I have some loose ideas of character that I'd like to play. It's like basically my big thing about having a character in mind. I haven't done stats. I haven't done super specific backstories. But the idea of a personality and the type of character, that's what I kind of want to keep in mind as to what I'd enjoy playing, especially something, you know, for one of our campaigns that are going to keep going on and on. So... It's like that's important because I don't want to be, you know, just caught out without any any kind of idea of what else I'd like to play. Should Kanina, who's a character I really like so much that I I think that's something that, you know, the time that we've invested in these characters getting like you don't want to lose your character now the same time i can't wait till one of you dies i was like you know like when i said you know my original character pavel died in like the second i think game we ever played i had no connection to him. i didn't care he died ariel almost died just recently yeah (laughs) 
it's like we've had some close calls and it's just definitely one of those things where she's like okay I had close calls what can I do to prevent that in the future because that kind of thing is it's good for character building too it's just like okay so I don't want to get this close to dying again so how can I improve maybe don't suplex the guy off the cliff no <laughs> no, always gonna do that. That's not the option. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting too. Even just having those those character brushes of death, like because then your character might be afraid of doing something, you know, or your character might be driven to do something to to, to prevent that from happening with another character. Like those are interesting moments to me. And those are those are definitely things. You know, I think like Kanina, like when we were fighting uh... Grimfang. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry, I blinked out. Grimfang, yes. Um, when I was encountering Grimfang, um, I like kind of thought about Kanina, you know, trying to do a grapple thing on him, but I was just like, he has something funky going on with his spear there, and he's kind of undead looking, so I don't really want to grab. <laughs> I just want to fire. It's not like, a, it wasn't like a, you, I don't want to touch up, but it's more like she doesn't know what the heck kind of abilities he has and how close she has to be before they take effect. So it's more of a, that doesn't seem like a good. Oh, you I'm want like, to grapple like, him? Roll a constitution saving throw. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's reckless, but not entirely stupid <laughs> when something <laughs> seems like a bad idea. No, she was the major component of that entire attack too. Like you, know, you started off with your. I had some good hits. Agonar's flame or whatever Agnar Scarcher one of my favorite spells still <laughs> so like, I mean like you were you were a big driver because you basically kind of set off the fight that was the whole point was you know like your big boom like you said you're the bomb you went off first and then we all filtered in and then yeah it was definitely a really good group effort and we had some really good roles too and Grimfang had some really bad roles which also helped <laughs> That's the dice were in our favor and then the the, the black guard helped quite a bit too. yes uh, yeah they definitely were our extra cushion Except for those two brothers they're idiots <laughs> oh no but uh so you've been wanting to kind of play possibly a druid yeah basically every time we play other games i pick druid <laughs> it's funny because she had the option to pick a druid on this one and she didn't. She went with you basically have a druid in everything but <laughs> class, though, yeah, too. It would be nice to play a druid that I actually get to level up and spend time developing a character. But I do enjoy Ariel, so I'm not trying to offer. <laughs> and what about you? What about you, Caitlin? Do you have any ideas for any other character that you'd have an interest in at the very least? Not really. Like Chris said, I, I really base things off of what roles I get and the numbers that are there, which is why Nixie was a bard, because her numbers were really good for being a bard. I had no interest in being a bard, but the numbers worked. Honestly, that sounds a lot like uh, my sweetheart. He likes to min-max kind of based on some of his stats and stuff like that. So it is almost, that's more of like an efficient way to play it because it's like, hey, you're using the numbers. The the dice told you your fate. So that's how you're going to roll with it. The dice (laughs) tell you what class you are. Tempest is also still new. So she's kind of your what I would play if the die said to. Well, at the same time, I mean, especially in this style of, of play with what we're going through, min-maxing is not going to be the greatest. We're not, we're not always in battle. So, you know, picking stats and using stats to kind of to build up the character's personality, like you were saying. I like doing that. Like, if I pick a character and his strength ends up being eight, okay, how do I have a guy that's fairly, for eight, actually be fairly average for most people? And so, like, that's why I don't like to say, like, I want to play this because then when I roll my stats, I'm already saying that's going to be my highest. one. And if you don't roll very well, you're like, well, shit, now the character I was really excited to play has crap. You know, that Pavel. (laughs) 
that's a good perspective to take on it too because it's just like sometimes i get so focused on what i want to play and stuff like that sometimes i do you know be like what was it like uh the one character i rolled up for your campaign osea the uh skeleton noble oh my gosh that was so funny i loved that character i loved that she was that fun. group of people well i just love the fact that i gave you guys all the backgrounds and when you created her I was like, it's going to be so funny if she ends up with this background. And you got it. Yeah, because you put them in envelopes or whatever, so you didn't even know what you gave and us. And I had you guys roll. And I was the I was the fawn that had, like, what was I? Criminal. You're a criminal. Fawn stars. Yeah, fawn <laughs> you, you, stars. Yeah, you owned, you owned a pawn shop, but you were a fence. As, a, as like, this really cheerful fawn girl. <laughs> but then the, the undead noble. I was just like, oh, how is she going to do this? And then we had a, a had a giant hulk of a Goliath that was an orphan city urchin. And I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I understood, like, you know, like I was like, this kind of sucks because I'm I'm really pushing hard on, on your characters and making forcing you into a box. But at the same time, I was like, I, I want that because I want some of you to be able to step outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. And I killed the campaign for it. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely like the idea of playing different characters, trying out different things. Because, like I said, I'm I'm into D and D mainly because it is an opportunity to be a fun and different character. Escapism, <laughs> yes. And like I've always liked the idea of the, in an artificer, you know, being like a steampunk type thing. But it's like just an like, adventure whose only reason that he's good at anything is because he can build stuff. Yeah, but at the that's same cool. time, it, it does seem like it would be something that'd be almost better based toward like a campaign that's more geared toward that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So how should we wrap up our Q&A? It's 2 a.m. We are tired. My butt hurts. We started at night and now we're in morning. I would also say, you know, like this was just kind of us getting back into everything. But if this drove any of our listeners to have other questions, feel free to ask. Also, you know, at the end of the day, this was a long chat about the history of the podcast which will hopefully a kind of realign any listeners with where the show has gone through its journey, but also gotten all of us as players in the campaign that will be starting up soon. We've kind of just refreshed ourselves on the entire history of things. Yeah. So sure. I had I had literally forgotten about quite a few things. So hopefully as we get into recording actual <laughs> sessions that it you know it's now been kind of re-put into our minds and we'll be ready to to kind of take the ball and run and won't be coming into our next session with a lot of who are we? <laughs> what are we doing? I think I still need to re-listen to our stuff. I, I would at least recommend <laughs> listening to probably the last episode of Arc 2 and the one episode that we released for Arc 3. I'm definitely going to listen to the last episode of Arc, or the first episode of Arc 3 just to remember where exactly we ended because I know in my head I know where we ended, but I'm like, where did we end? I think we entered right at the gates yeah, of I think, I think so gate. too. But did we really? Are you sure? <laughs> How, when's the last time you listened? I haven't listened. But the reason I think this is because literally you were very adamant about being like, I'm ending it here. So I have a very clear picture of exactly where <laughs> we are. Gate. Yeah, little did I know that we would then be going on another break. 
It's almost like you knew. It was as good of a place as any, you know, uh, instead of trying to get back into like deep lore with uh, the uh, NPCs in the in the town, you know. So it's, it's a lot better that we kind of reintroduced ourselves and we have this lingering niggle of our dreams as we go forward kind of thing, because that's very much how it is. I just need to I just need to listen back and make sure I still have princess. As far as ending things and wrapping up for the night, I think we just kind of go with thank you all for for listening. Thank you to you guys for for coming by and having a long chat tonight. And yeah, as Chris said, we got any further questions come, you know, send us an email, hit us up in our discord. You're, we're always, always looking to to chat with people in the Discord about what's going on. Clear anything up if you guys, yeah, I, you know, if you're listening to this, you're not, you know, way back in the past. But if you have any questions about way back in the past that weren't covered tonight, feel free to ask us. Yeah, I for one am looking forward to parts of the future now. You know, we since we've kind of talked a little bit about that so we refresh ourselves with the past and now we're kind of looking forward to things in the future like how about we're going to start this whole new like chapter basically of the meat of the story which is really exciting to get into well and not just about us or our storyline if you have questions about being new to D&D or playing D&D that was kind of the beginning of this was us talking about how we got into D&D like we like sharing those stories. Uh, if you have yeah, questions, we'll pretend on, we know what we're talking about, or, or just like you know, like you can give us, we can give you our own experience on things, character building, backstory building, yeah. or how to solve certain problems that we've run into, you know, as characters, whatnot, whatnot, you know, like maybe how how to do something as role play wise, you know, it might be kind of interesting to. If you have about. audio questions, please receive the DM. Yes. <laughs> we can even, you know, answer questions about how you keep a group from breaking up. <laughs> I mean, we've we've definitely, I mean, we kind of hinted at some stuff, but we've had we stories that to, didn't go to anywhere. ending things once, so. Feel free to hit us up with any questions, or like people have said, we're always happy to interact. For those that aren't, you know, super big D&D people, there are several people here that play lots of video games, too. You can hang out with them. Video games, fantasy books. I'm a huge Warhammer nerd now. So, Are you? <laughs> yes. Minecraft. Oh, yeah. Minecraft, of course. Minecraft we all like everywhere. Minecraft. That's the tradition. Join us on Wednesdays for the weekly multiplayer streams. If anyone wants to ever join us on the weekly multiplayer dream, um, streams, we're, we're down for recommendations that we can play as groups. So. And as we wrap up, say bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye, Dr. Noel. Thank you for checking out this special Q&A episode of Adventures in Aurelia. We have already recorded the next episode of Arc 3 of the Aurelian Epic. And now that I am done editing this, I will be editing that episode. And I'm looking forward to us being back to releasing fresh content once again. So once again, thank you to everyone that supports us on Patreon. You have been able to help a ton as far as doing things like upgrade equipment, get art done, pay for plugins and stuff. Thank you a ton to all of the musicians who let us use their work in our show. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you to everyone that has supported us along the way. I cannot wait to round out the year with getting you new stories again.